Welcome to the British History Podcast. My name is Philippa Lacey Brule and I want to extend a warm welcome to you. If you are new here, hi, thank you for joining. And if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. In this podcast, we explore all sorts of things that have gone on in British history. We look at people, we look at events, we look at outcomes and perhaps look at them from a different perspective than usual. If you would like to support me in this free podcast, this podcast will always remain free, but if you would like to support me, then you can head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash British history. And you can choose the tier there that would suit you best, starting from any £3 a month just for your kind support. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone. Welcome to episode, believe it or not, 52 of Thursday Tea Time History Chat Live. We've got to 52 episodes. So welcome. That does of course mean that next week is the first birthday of the Thursday Tea Time History Live Chat. Um, So I don't know if I'll be doing anything special. I might forget about it right up until we do next week. But anyway, next week will be the first birthday of this chat. So I know lots of you have been with me for a while. Well, I just want to say a big thank you for your support. It's fantastic to see you here each week. I can see lots of people coming in. Hi, welcome. I hope you're all having a great day and you've had a lovely week. I know I've seen some of you uh, in between times, but I do hope, if not, that you've had a great week. Um... So, yeah, and also hi to everyone who's also new here. Um, who have we got here today on YouTube? Because I'm live streaming on YouTube and on Instagram. Thank you also, of course, if you're on the catch up, if you're catching this on the podcast, perhaps, or indeed on the playback on uh, YouTube or Instagram. On YouTube, John, hi, welcome. Morning, Marion. Hi, Lisa. And hi, Beverly. Um, and I can see loads of people on Instagram as well. Hi, Joanne. How are you doing? Um, Orlando, Victoria, and there's a few people I saw you came in early on, Lisa and uh, Foxed Folios. Oh, hello. Uh, and hi, Victoria. Uh, and indeed, hi over there in India. I am great. Thank you for asking. And I hope you are well too. So episode 52, if you weren't here right at the very beginning, can you believe it? That's where we're at. So next week is the uh, the first birthday of uh, History Tea Time no, Thursday Tea Time History Chat Live. Hi Tara, welcome. Um, so yes, yeah, so thank you all for joining me. Thank you for watching. Um, welcome if you're new. I hope you enjoy your history. If you do, then this is uh, this is a good place. This is a good place for you, I think. Hi Michael, welcome. Hi Sam. Um, hi Jean. Uh, because we have a bit of a meander, a little bit of an amble through history on on this Thursday. Uh, It's my tea time. It's one o'clock here in England. Um, I know for some of you it's very early morning or even late in the evening. Hi Orlando over there in Rio. Rio, Rio. You know I can't do it without singing. Um, But I do want to make a special um, acknowledgement to everyone who supports me through Patreon, YouTube memberships. Thank you Andita and Andita and also buying me a coffee. Because that is literally what you can do if you go to buy me a coffee forward slash Philippa. 
It's quite cool, isn't it? What an idea. Um, 9 p.m. Where are you, Fox Folios? If you're 9 p.m., so whereabouts are you in the world? I know which region you must be getting into, but I won't do a guess because there's lots of countries around. Um, yeah, so thank you to everyone who supports Patreon um, and, and uh, gives me donations through Buy Me A Coffee. Buy Me A Coffee actually is interesting because um, Hong Kong, oh, exciting place. Uh, I, um, I post on there as well. So it's not just a donation site. You actually can post content and things on there. So I'm sort of building that up as well. But anyway, very warm welcome to everyone and a special thank you. Um, Michael, did I drink the coffee that you bought me? I did, but do you know what? It was a drink. <laughs> I'm going to start taking photos and thank the people who've bought me a coffee. That would be a, a nice thing to do, wouldn't it? Um, oh, Jean in South Africa. Hi. Oh, we, we are all over the world today. This is brilliant. Um, yes, Michael, it was a drive through coconut latte. Uh, from a particular coffee company that does drive-throughs here in England. So, um, so there you go. Next time, I promise, I will take a photo and I will, um, I will, I will shove it up uh, on social media so you could, so I can say a proper thank you. Um, so yes, um, we've got lots coming up. <laughs> Orlando likes my singing. That's very kind. <laughs> uh, Joanne, my, uh, yes, the coconut latte is delicious. It's when you're trying to avoid milk, not necessarily calories, but very, very nice. Beverly's over in Vancouver. Oh, brilliant. We've got lots of you here today. This is wonderful. So let me tell you what we're actually going to be talking about today then. I've made notes. I need to refer to my notes. I've got my, um, my, my uh, special electronic notepad which is great, but I still, I miss the feel of paper, you know, but anyway, it's really, it's, yeah, yeah, it's still, it's cute. Um, so we are going to today go through, so I haven't been anywhere particularly this week, so I can't tell you about anywhere particular that I've been. I went to a spa day, but that's not historically, uh, <laughs> interesting um finally went and did my uh, christmas uh, went and spent a day with my sister and had a joint christmas present so that was cool um books i'm reading i'll talk to you about also historical anniversaries that we've got this week um and of course we have the just for fun question um the answer to to last week's and i'll set you a new one for this week as well so we've got all that to come um now We've had the live events as well so far. Well, we're getting, we, we're, uh, yes, we did visit Tudor Britain last Friday. I was about to say we didn't. It's not, it's tomorrow that it's not happening. Um, we did visit Tudor Britain and Sarah Morris, who's the Tudor travel guide, um, and took us through the houses of Cromwell, Thomas Cromwell. And, um, well, she took us through three particular ones, three or four particular ones, and, but then spoke sort of more generally as well, just how, as you see Thomas Cromwell, who was one of the chief ministers to Henry VIII, as you see his, um, oh, Victoria, good luck with your essay. I'll see you later. <laughs> Catch up with you later. Um, uh, yeah, as his career develops, you know, his houses uh, obviously takes on more. But the Austin Friars one is really interesting um, uh house because it, that's uh, where Austin Friars um, 
Priory was in the City of London. And that one just expands and expands uh, greatly. And she's got some fantastic blogs. So if you want to read about Cromwell's uh, houses, then head over to the TudorTravelGuide.com um, to read Sarah's blogs because they're really good. But we did that in the Visit, in Visit Tudor Britain room. We hosted it on Tudor... Um, I want to say dot times. I'm just trying to think whether Debs is Tudor underscore times or Tudor dot times. I think it's Tudor underscore times. Whichever one I said last week, it was the opposite. Um, so you can go back and have a look at that. Um, and it, so it was a really uh, good discussion. What we've decided to do with Visit Tudor Britain is probably one of us will lead each week because we're all working on different projects at different times. So we'll tie it in with something we're doing including if we're visiting somewhere. So you're going to start to see us going live um, from locations when we're out and about as well. So if that uh, ties in with the time that we're going live. So that'll all be really fun as well. It's it's fantastic. We've had great news here this week with the uh, lifting of restrictions and um, especially on, for me, uh, from, a, from a selfish point of view, from travellers coming in here. So um, things are a lot more relaxed now. Um, so it's going to be uh, onward and upward. Um, uh, Donna, hi, good morning from Delaware. Um, have you ever done a series on the Black Death? Very interesting topic. I haven't actually. I've got a few ideas um, as to some, I don't know if they'll be series or longer length documentaries of things um, that have, actually it's throughout the last two years, things that have pricked my interest as to things that are happening now. But let's look at where they occurred in the past. So um, for instance, the... Uh, the history of money I want to look into because money is changing a lot and especially in the pandemic we've seen a big change to um, uh, or move away from cash um, so I want to really uh, go further further back and look well about cash when did cash come in and, and all the systems and I have some fantastic speakers um, or historians that I'm going to interview around that topic as well the history of <laughs> right not the history of socialising, I was about to say, the history of beer and pubs, but in the context as well of socialising. Um, of course, we were, we had to stop. We couldn't go out, couldn't go out for a, a I mean, a beer at home. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beer fan. This is what I drink if I go out. So I like my ales. Um, <laughs> I like my beer, not so much a lager girl. Um, and, but, Having a beer in a pub, in an English pub, is is a different experience to having it, uh, you know, from a can at home. So, but we, of course, we couldn't have those experiences. You didn't get talking to just to to people that you do in the pub. You didn't get to socialise. So I want to go back and I want to have a look. It just it just pricked my interest. It just gave me these ideas as to things I'd like to look into. But Donna, you've just reminded me there because saying about the Black Death. I mean, we we. You know, we at the beginning thought that perhaps we were going to get hit with something um, really quite. Um, this hasn't been the Black Death, people. So we haven't had that. Uh, thank the oh, thank goodness. But it's interesting, isn't it? Black Death had in um, impacts, and we've seen this now with to the economy, um, to the social setup, etc., um, etc. Et Beverly in Shugborough in Staffordshire. 
they have original pieces of eight. Precious of eight. <laughs> um, yes, I'm ready for ready for my beers in pubs. I'm going to make up for lost time. Um, John, yesterday's live last night was wild. I'm sure you didn't enjoy the technical mess. Yes, but the conversation was hysterical. So. Another live event that I do each week, this is with, uh, so History After Dark is on a Wednesday evening, it's Wednesday evening here at 8.15 uh, and I do that with Catherine Brooks who's not just the Tudor tracker and uh, uh, Katrina Marchant who has Reading the Past uh, as a, a, that's her channel on YouTube. And we have our own home now on Instagram. It's history.after.dark. So if you're not following and you like your history um, uncensored, then uh, please come along. Join us on a Wednesday evening. It's, uh, it's fun. It's certainly fun. And last night was fun. But goodness me, didn't we have some technical issues? So, uh, yeah, Instagram. <laughs> so I, I nearly gave up, John. I nearly gave up and went home. I know I'm already home, but like, <laughs> um, because it wouldn't let me on. And when it did let me on, it I couldn't hear a thing. And then for part of the time, I couldn't see. Um, I thought I was, uh, well, I couldn't see my myself. Not that I need to see myself, but I didn't know if anyone else could see me. <laughs> and then for some reason, it doesn't do this on my account, I don't think. Um, it wouldn't let us go over an hour. So it, it, it cut us off. That's fine. We're expecting that. But we had a guest the fantastic Julian Humphreys, and he was talking to us about besieging castles. So John, in fact, I missed the first 10 minutes because I couldn't hear anything and I was trying to get back on. But um, when we came back on for our second stint, it wouldn't let Julian back on at all. The conversation descended from there on in. I'm not completely sure how we got to where we got to. Got to <laughs> if you haven't checked it out and you like a laugh, um, have a look at history.after.dark, have a look on our video page, um, put in your earphones uh, and uh, yeah, just sit back and enjoy whatever that was that we came up with. <laughs> but if you want the intellectual part, uh, then listen to the first part of last, uh, of your last, uh, last evening's discussion, which um, yes, which was Julian talking about besieging castles um, some of the techniques that were used to defend castles, to attack castles, the uh, um, really uh, negotiations that would try and avoid any of that. But he spoke about um, jo John. Lived Julian is great, isn't he? He is a great sport. We also, when we're doing um, our lives, whether it's on Clubhouse or Instagram for History After Dark at least, we are on Zoom as well and that is because we're also recording for the podcast which I am going to launch, I promise. Um, so we're, we're in order to do that we, we go on Zoom and we record the audio that way. So when Julian couldn't get back onto the Instagram Live he was still on the Zoom so he could still hear everything we were talking about in this second derailed conversation. Um, so Julian was a great sport on screen and he was a really good sport when he had to listen to us <laughs> talk about all that we talked about. We got really taken in by, um, taken up by sort of where things are going, you know, um, in terms of AI and all sorts of things. 
It was very funny. Thank you, John, for joining us. That was um, funny. And I can see lots of familiar faces on Instagram as well. I know you were with us last night. So um, I hope none of you were scarred for life. Uh, there is a, <laughs> there's always a warning going on. I think for the podcast, I, I am going to put an explicit tag on it just in case. Um, I don't know if we swear too much, but still. Mm. Anyway, got my tea, got my chat face on. Um, but yes, join us, history.after.dark on Instagram. It's, it's fun. And it will be History After Dark on the podcast as well. But of course, I'll share all the information um, about that when it uh, when it comes. I know the podcast is a running gag. I promise it is coming. It's that I'm doing all the editing as well as everything else I do. <laughs> and strangely enough, um, I don't, uh, I have to sleep at some point. And um, Tara, was that your was that your first time, Tara? Tara, it was brilliant. Um, I wasn't sorry, it wasn't what I expected, but it was brilliant. No, have you, that wasn't the first time you've been with us on History After Dark, though, was it? Was it just the way the conversation went that was <laughs> that was a little bit shocking? I think we shocked ourselves uh, last night as well. Anyway, please do <laughs> do check it out, especially the Julian bit. And if you want to see where we sometimes go, then. Um, yeah check out the second half as well um not your first i didn't think it was uh thank you uh i don't know how to pronounce your handle jalil milunin otu uh i love your content thank you janice your faces were a picture at times yes what can i say we, uh, mm. I think we shock ourselves at some of the stuff we say and then when someone when one of the others say it oh I just it's just brilliant and next week I do have to confirm it with him it is in his diary he better turn up because he doesn't live far away from me and so I can physically get to him uh we are going to be joined by Phil Downing and Phil <laughs> some had the increases <laughs> I'm glad we can bring some um humour, delight, I don't know, just hilarity to the world. Um, Joanne, the best part, not knowing where the discussion will go. Well, yes. I, don't you find as well, this is um, something that I'm noticing about lots of uh, podcasts and vlogs now, that that we're getting these sort of longer form, less structured um, discussions, and it's leading to all sorts of interesting um, conversations or in our case, odd and depraved at times. I don't even know. Anyway, uh, oh, lovely. Uh, an Arabic name. Uh, just say it, Jalil. 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 I can't even, do you know, I can't, I genuinely can't even say my own surname. Um, my tongue seems too big for my mouth. Jalil. Thank you for joining. Um, anyway, where was I going with that? I haven't said anything about history yet. Next week, Phil Downing is joining us on History After Dark. He is the house manager at Harvington Hall, which is just outside of Kidderminster in Worcestershire. And it's an Elizabethan um, manor house. It's famous for the number of priest hides that it still has. It was um, a Catholic recusance house. And uh, the... Um, the uh, I don't know if all, but many of the priest hides were built by the famous uh, Nicholas Hawksmoor. Um, and 
anyway there's there's quite a few surviving which is interesting because only half the house survived so you wonder how many more there might have actually been um john history after dark is like the best brainy cocktail party that sometimes goes awry hysterically it, it actually did start with um anyone seen drunken history and it started with that kind of idea ish also we wanted somewhere that we could just not be quite so um see i'm doing it now quite so hmm, i don't know what the word is careful but that's not the word i was looking for in how we talk about things we just want to just chat that's what we want and, it, and it, if it if a swear word comes out or it goes down a bit of a weird angle or the other thing of course is we can cover certain topics that might be a bit um I don't know, not for the dinner table. So maybe the, the details, prim and proper, Jenna, yeah. Because that's what I am, obviously, usually. <laughs> it's the girls that corrupt me. Um, but we can talk about um, things like we've talked about torture techniques and um, all sorts of things that just maybe a little bit too much for, um, you know, a nice conversation. Um, but it's but, it, but it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's real. It's you know it's still the truth. It's still stuff that ha that happened. And um, and and I think it's uh, it's important not to shy away from um, from the true realities of humans. Um, we can pretend it's consigned to the history books, but we'd be very naive if we think anything uh, that human beings are capable of is not capable of rearing its ugly head again. Um, anyway, where was I going with that? Phil, right, Phil. Phil spent time, um, and Lisa's uh, mentioning this here, I watched Phil in the hole. Interesting experiment for him to do. So yes, um, Phil spent, Lisa, remind me, was it 48 hours he spent in a priest hide this time? 36. Sure, it was, it was more, than, he's, he's done 24 hours before, so I know it was longer than that. And he, um, so there's absolutely no light in there. Um, he, although he did do uh, some broadcasts um, from inside the priest hide. Um, 36, Lisa, thank you. 36 hours in a priest hide. So other than when he did his lives, he was completely cut off from everyone. Um, he had, I think, an apple and a small amount of water. So he couldn't come out to go to the toilet. He um, he said it was extremely uncomfortable and um, and yeah, Lisa's just reminded me at one point and without him knowing this was going to happen, the house staff recreated a priest hunt inside the house. So what would have happened if Queen Elizabeth's, uh, you know, priest hunters had turned up at the house, what their search might have, have, have been like for someone hiding and it was incredible so we want to get him on he's a good friend of ours anyway and get him on to talk about um his experience in the priest hide how that went the um the scary bits we're gonna talk about the toilet bit i'm sure um but how uncomfortable he was he, he was talking about as well the it was impossible for him not to make noise and these priest hunters would come into a house. They might do the rowdy searches at the beginning and then they might just sit. And a priest would have no idea whether they had gone, 
or whether they were sitting and listening. And he said he couldn't even turn over, you know, he's trying to get comfortable, couldn't even turn over without making a lot of noise. And of course, if he needed to go, if he needed a wee, that was making a lot of noise. Anyway, so we're going to go through all this. So I'm going to give him a poke later on today and make sure that he is uh, definitely still going to be with us next uh, Wednesday. Um, if not, we will we will book him for some time. Uh, but that will be a great history after dark room. It's going to be a, a good topic. Now, so thank you, uh, everyone I can see who've, who've joined. Um, John says that sounds like an event not to miss. Indeed, I think it will be really fun. So before I get on to uh, this week's history anniversaries, we've got a few, a lot of Tudor ones again. Um, Janice, uh, Phil might have recovered from his ordeal by now. Yeah, I think it it um, it shook him a little bit. Yeah, I think it was it was hard, and I think it shook him. Um, and also, just I think joint stiffness as well <laughs> probably didn't didn't help. Um, Lisa, he certainly looks the part with his beard. He does, doesn't he? Phil has uh, has uh, red hair, and and when he grows his beard, it's red. He's very Tudor looking, you know. Really, it really does look the part. Um, I'm going to quickly mention the death of Queen Victoria in a bit. I'm going to talk about the wedding of Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, and also uh, the burial of Catherine of Aragon and. Um, and Anne Boleyn's miscarriage. And then we will also look at some of the things that I've got coming up. And um, and of course, we will do the just for fun question. And if I forget any of that, please feel free to put it in the comments and say, weren't you gonna tell us about this or that or the other? Because I do sometimes go off piste and lose track. Um, but before we move on again, I just wanna say thank you to anyone who's a patron. There's um, a new quarterly calendar coming out I've basically got too many ideas and I need to decide when I'm going to do everything. <laughs> so what I do, if you're part of my Patreon or if you're not, um, just to, uh, this is quite interesting. So each quarter I publish what's going to be happening in Patreon for the next three months. So February, March and April is about to come out and there's a monthly blog which everyone gets. There is either a, um, a virtual tour or a spotlight on a particular place where they talk about the history of it and uh, things to see, obviously share photographs and, and uh, videos of those places. Um, we have historian interviews or virtual tours and um, every quarter there's a sort of special event which is this week. Uh, that's for the top tiers and I'm doing a Remembering Catherine of Aragon documentary which I've nearly finished and will be going out on the uh, uh, either tomorrow or Saturday looking at the entire life of Catherine Aragon from her um, Spanish roots and where she um, where she was born, where she grew up, her education, through to her coming to England to marry Arthur Tudor, the the difficulties there was there was big diplomatic difficulties at that time um, of her marriage to uh, to Arthur between. England and Spain in terms literally of the marriage so the marriage portion and the dowry there were arguments that that or things that hadn't been quite sorted out now of course Arthur dies only uh, well less than six months into the marriage and so it all comes into um, it, it all comes to the surface it's a problem um, so we I'll go through that and then of course 
Once Henry VII dies, Henry VIII comes to the throne and one of the first things he does is decide to marry Catherine. And so we look at um, the reasons that he decides to do that. Uh, they're a brilliant start to their marriage that was very, very quickly hit with tragedy. But also Catherine as um, regent when Henry goes to France, um, her um, her victory really uh, as uh, the ba the Battle of Flodden, uh, where Henry uh, Henry not Henry James the Fourth of Scotland dies. She gets a little bit competitive. She's like, check me out, see what I can do, Henry. You're over there in France. Well done. But look what I did. Um, quite proud of herself. Um, and then, of course, the the uh, coming on the scene of Anne Boleyn and then uh, talk about uh, what happens after that and finally uh, her death and her burial. So if you're an upper tier, um, not upper tier, sorry, if you're one of the top tiers of my Patreon, then you will be getting that this weekend. But it's um, I'll come back to that a little bit as well, because I'll be talking about that. There's a there, I have a YouTube video as well talking about um, Catherine's funeral and Anne Boleyn's miscarriage. I'll talk about that more in a minute. If you're not a patron and you want to be then or you just want to be nosy and see what what's over there then you can um just check it out at patreon dot um, com forward slash british history and that um that you can you can join me over there for five pounds a month um minimum and everyone who's on the lowest tier you get obviously you get um the blog each month but you also get um lots of extras that I just post randomly into there lots of behind the scenes photos and things like that, things that I don't uh, I don't share elsewhere John says patron is so worth it thank you John yes he is one of my patrons um John Catherine of Aragon is my favorite of Henry VIII's wives yeah isn't it interesting though because he has six we all have a favorite um yeah this sort of forces you down this idea of which one did he love more um, who did he love? Uh, who do we like the most? It sort of goes. Up. In fact, before we move on to this week's um, historical anniversaries, hello, uh, Rakaviki. Oh, oh, nine. Welcome. <laughs> uh, before I move on to this week's historical, uh, yeah, uh, anniversaries, one of the things I want to. Oh, I was going to mention it later, but I'm going to mention it now because it's to do with Henry VIII's wives. I'm going to be interviewing very soon Gareth Russell. Gareth is a fantastic historian, a brilliant writer. He's written fiction but his non-fiction books are incredible. The way they're written, that he's just one of these people you can read easily even though it's absolutely packed with information. His research is second to none so if there's something in there you know that he's, he's done the research behind it. Um, he has written what many people, me included, consider the biography for Catherine Howard. Excuse me, it's called Young and Damned and Fair. He's also written a book about the sinking of the Titanic um, and how it really represents the changes in the Edwardian, uh, in, in, in the Edwardian era. Um, really, uh, really quite fascinating books. I'm going to be interviewing him for, um, I'll tell you in a moment, sorry. Uh, Jalil, which British era are you into most, well more, most? And 
I find myself being drawn to the Tudors, but um, that's because, you know, people want to talk about the Tudors. So it tends to be an, e an era that I talk about a lot. Uh, we also have, um, although people wish we had more, we do have a lot of places you can go and visit that are associated with the Tudors. I actually love the Roman period because it's 2000 years ago and yet it had such an impact on our language, on our, um, just the, the, you know, on our legal system, all these sorts of things. Um, I know obviously you then get, because you get the influence of Rome back, so it's not just the occupation of Britain by the Romans. Um, but again, you can go and see quite a bit that remains not complete, of course, um, but from that period. Also, do you know, actually, I could just go on because I'm listening to uh, Mark Morris's book about the Anglo-Saxons at the moment. So pre-Norman conquest, absolutely fascinating. If you can get round the pronunciations of the um, the old English names, because I don't know about you, but I can I can find that I can't remember them very well because I'm not sure I can't. I need to be able to either read something or picture how it's how it's um, spelt to kind of remember it. Um, once you can get over that, then um, then uh, well maybe you don't need to. Maybe it's just me. But it's it's a it's a really fascinating time because remember when by the time William conquers, uh, invades England, England's all the tribes um, were, were were as were as one. And and and, it, and England had become united, so um, that's fascinating as well. I could just go on. I don't know if there's an era that I don't find fascinating. I think the Georgians I find probably the least. There's 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 good stories from the Georgian period. Um, the Stuarts is far more interesting than than I think people give credit. Um, lots of uh, the laws and institute laws ways of um, our political system is set up come from uh, sort of the end of the Stuarts or the the Mary, uh, William and Anne period. Um, so really important stuff that we're still living in a more direct way with came about at the end of that period. So so that's a really long and rambling question uh, answer to your question. <laughs> um, Lisa, what did the Romans ever do for us? Indeed, John, Ethel who, Ethel who is, <laughs> Ethel who is whom? They're all like Ethel, Ethel Fred, Ethel, Fred, see I can't even do it. Oh, Janel, fond of the Stone Age era. So um, there's a particular part of England that I like to spend a lot of time, especially in the summer. And there are a lot of Stone Age um, remains. And you can see them from, um, you know, it's just sort of earthworks left, bits of stone, stone circles, quite a few stone circles still uh, can be found, especially um, where I go on Exmoor. Um, and that's, you know, it's a fantastic link, isn't it? Back to the past, especially a stone circle, I think. Um, usually you have to share it with some sheep, that are grazing nearby um but yeah you can let your imagination run wild as to what why it's there what it's used for um tara loves the stuarts yeah good 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 indeed fantastic i think you'll see more 
this is my prediction, I could be wrong, but I think we're going to start to see more about the Stuarts, like we have done about the Tudors, um, because people are really quite clued up about the Tudors now, whereas we had lots of myths and misrepresentations of, of, the, of the Tudors before. And um, now people are quite, and it might just, maybe it's just me and the people I speak to, like yourselves, we're quite up on Tudor history now. Um, and we're getting into really quite nuanced debates about Tudor history. But of course, what then happened next? And you get more fascinated. I, I find anyway, you find a period you like and then you're, but what happened next? Or how did we get there? Um, and so you, you, your interest will expand. And if you find a writer or a presenter who, who makes it feel um, easy to, 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 you know, to think about, uh, to, to learn about, then, then uh, even, even the better. Jenna, I have to agree, the Georgians aren't my favourite either. They destroyed so much. I mean, they did. I do like some of their architecture, I have to say. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was, a, it was a period that, that, you know, the upper echelons of society have always had a nice time compared to, <laughs> compared to everyone else, but the Georgians just seem to take it to another level. Um, yeah, so I don't know where I was going with that now anyway. Michael, the Plantagenets. Yes. Fascinating. Marion, I love good King George III. And I'm from the US, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, um, Jalil, the British history is in ways is similar to Mor the Moroccan one. Really? So, again, it's not just periods of history, is it? When you start... Um, I love listening to Neil Oliver. If anyone um, hasn't come across Neil Oliver yet... Uh, He's got some fantastic books. Um, there's one called The Wisdom of the Ancients. And so because I think he's archaeologically based, archaeology based, um, as opposed to a period, his work has taken him all over the world, either physically or out of interest. And, and he brings together stories so you know what's happening in another part of the globe because we we can we can find ourselves looking at history in isolation in terms of the period and the um and the, the geographical location of course nothing ever happens in isolation um shane and tiff oh, i love the plantagenets yeah um mad journalist hi welcome uh over there in Greece, there are stuff from the Victorian era that's rather fascinating. Well, let me, um, I'll come on to Victoria in a minute, actually. Tara, do you think that once we begin to make connection through family trees before and after we dig deeper? Yeah, family trees, that's another way people are coming to different periods of history, isn't it? If you can actually locate a family member, um, then it gives you that link doesn't it um it becomes more relevant personally relevant to you so that's yeah that's a great way of coming to different periods of history um mike uh, michael says he loves neil oliver real patriot yeah do check out neil oliver the uh, the uh, i think a good place to start would be his wisdom of the ancients book 
um, because it, it's it's um, because it's it, the, the stories he talks about are worldwide. Uh, Donna, I tend to enjoy learning about the Tudor period and the Victorian age. So uh, the 22nd of January, um, I know we're, we're, we're a week past that now, but that was the anniversary of Victoria's death. And she reigned for 63 years, as you may or may not know. Uh, so our current queen has um, you know, obviously recently surpassed, surpassed that. When I did a video about or to coincide with the anniversary of Victoria's death, I actually chose to talk about the societal changes that had happened during Queen Victoria's reign, so the Victorian era, you know, the Victorian times, because um, I'm going to do something similar for our current Queen. We're obviously in the Jubilee year, so I'm thinking about ideas of how I'd like to uh, contribute. Um, so the video I've done about Queen Victoria, like I say, to, to coincide with Queen Victoria's death on the 22nd of January, uh, which is 1901, is more to do with some of the main societal changes, um, technology advances. I mean, the world of work changed. Any, any, I mean, this is, <laughs> it's going to start to ring bells. Oh, we're going through something now. Technological change, the world of work changing, how people spent their leisure time changing, um, uh, you know, how people spent their money changed. Um, so those kinds of things I've covered in that video. So um, you can check that out on my, on my YouTube channel. And I will, um, after this, I'll put a a link on Instagram to, to get to that video as well. Um, but I, I think that's really fascinating. I could have talked about the fact that when Victoria died, no one really knew what to do because there was no one alive who'd dealt with the last death. I think they'll be a bit more organised. Um, what's happened again? Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, so that's one anniversary from this week. Um, another one, now I posted about this on Instagram uh, on the anniversary, so it's the, on the 25th, so two days ago, and this was the wedding of Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn over the Holbein Gate at Whitehall Palace. Now, of course, as many of you will know, uh, the majority of Whitehall Palace no longer exists and certainly not above ground of the Tudor one. You have Banqueting House, but that's uh, that's from the early Stuarts. Uh, Marion enjoys the Edwardians, love the style of clothing. Yeah. Yes, me too. I like Art Deco as well. Um, SS King Cooler says, two men in a trench is also good for introducing you to Neil Oliver. Lots on YouTube. Yeah, that's a good shout because that's quite, um, I don't know when that was. It's quite old now, isn't it? But fat, you know, really, really good. He still works with the 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 other guy, I think, um, and uh, yes, yeah, so it should be easily available. Anyway, there you go. Big plug for Neil Oliver. Definitely go and introduce yourself uh, to his work. So Henry VIII marries Anne Boleyn, twenty fifth of January, fifteen thirty three, and um, it's it was a secret ceremony held before dawn in an upper chamber of the Holbein Gate, Whitehall. Um, I've put a picture, like I say, on YouTube, so you can see what the art, uh, <laughs> what the art deco, sorry, I've just read a bad journalist's 
comment that says Art Deco and said it out loud. I also love Art Deco, yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, the Holbein Gate doesn't uh, exist anymore. So I've put uh, a picture of that in the background on the Instagram e image. So ha check that out as well. Um, so why was it secret? Why would it be secret? Now, this wasn't unusual for Henry. And again, I talk about this in uh, in the the documentary I'm doing for patrons, um, for top tier patrons about remembering Catherine of Aragon because his marriage to Catherine was also a private affair. Um, so it's not unusual for Henry. In fact, I think all his, all, so all his weddings were private. Um, and indeed, this one to Anne Boleyn um, at Whitehall was. Now, it was presided over by, I've written a few notes, so I don't forget names, uh, Roland Lee. And the only witnesses were Henry Norris, who you'll know the name of if you know about the downfall of Anne Boleyn, uh, one of Henry's closest body servants. Uh, Thomas Henniage was another uh, man there. And then two more gentlemen of Henry's privy chamber, and um, a lady called Anne Savage, who attended on Anne. But was that even maybe the only wedding ceremony? Because there is an account uh, by the Chronicler Edward Hall, or the Chronicler Edward Hall notes that there had been a, a wedding ceremony when they'd landed in Dover um, the previous, that'd been November, on their way back from France. When they'd been in France, Anne had been treated as Henry's queen. When they got back to Dover, there's this um, report that they have a, a wedding ceremony, which would kind of make sense. And I'll tell you why. Because at the time that Anne marries Henry at Whitehall in January 1533, she's already pregnant, only just, but already pregnant with the future Elizabeth I. Uh, Jenna says it makes sense considering Elizabeth was born in September. Exactly. Whether or not she knew she was pregnant, you know, it was still very, very early on in the pregnancy. I don't know. But it means they must have slept together. So, um, and Anne had hurled out for so long because she wanted to be his true wife um, that I don't think she'd have waited that long. And and then without a wedding ceremony or some sort of commitment, um, slept with Henry. So I think it makes um, makes quite a bit of sense. I have a video on that. Surprise, surprise. I have a video on both those things. The video about the wedding at Dover um, is, is, is specifically about that. The one about the wedding at Whitehall is actually me having a little walk around Whitehall to show you the... Um, kind of the extent of Whitehall Palace and the location of where the Holbein Gate would have been. So you can um, you can uh, look at that. Um, let me just have a look. I can see a few comments have come in. Um, uh, Jalil, do you have any info about the Rock of Jacob that was used in the British throne? Um, is that the Stone of Scone? Same... Um, is, is that what you're referring to there? So the this this stone from Scone Abbey that the um, the Scottish kings had been uh, crowned on, and uh, that was uh, 
stolen. Basically, <laughs> I was going to say confiscated, but it, it was stolen. A poor connection on Instagram there. Sorry, everybody. Um, so yes, yeah, so I have a video on that if you want to have a look at that. Fletcher Shane, hi. Who do you think killed the princes in the tower? Henry the Eighth. Uh, sorry, Henry the Seventh or Richard? Oh my goodness, we have lots of discussions about that. Um, uh, I think it would be, well, especially in light of the recent. Um, uh, I'm going to say findings, but I think it's a little bit. Um, I don't know that that's quite what it is uh, of, of this tomb that could be the tomb of um, of the younger of the of the brothers. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Probably Richard. I think they were. I think they'd probably <coughs> died by the time Henry came to the throne. Um, Imagine is how come it didn't survive the Holbein Gate? It strikes me as quite important in the larger schemes of things having important events take place there. Well, because although we are now, hopefully, and I wouldn't guarantee this either, uh, more um, where, uh, where we have present preserving our history, there's been lots of times where that just hasn't been the case. And, and Whitehall was widened i mean the, the 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 palace itself um there was a massive fire um and it just it 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 wasn't really um i don't think it was really repaired after that and and yeah when whitehall itself so whitehall is the big road that goes up from um parliament square up to trafalgar square it's where all our government is sited um and yeah, it's a really wide road and it just got cleared for traffic. Rubbish. I, it just, I, poor connection. I keep getting poor connection on Instagram. Apologies for everybody. Right, shall we, before we move on to um, Catherine of Aragon. Oh, I didn't finish talking to you about Gareth. I must finish talking to you about Gareth. Sorry. So Gareth, um, Russell, I was talking to you about him. He's the He's the author of like I say, the, in my humble opinion, uh, biography of Catherine Howard. It's called Young and Damned and Fair. He's got other fantastic books out. I'm going to be interviewing him about the similarities and differences between the downfalls of Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard. Because we've had, we've been having discussions, um, you know, on clubhouses and Instagrams, where we've talked about the downfall of Anne, we've talked about the downfall of Catherine, and actually to compare and contrast the, two, the, 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 the processes, the events and the outcomes of those two women's fates um, helps understand, I think, the other as well. So, um, so I'm going to be specifically asking Gareth about those similarities and differences and sort of comparing and contrasting. However, if you're a patron of any tier, you can put forward your questions to Gareth as well. So um, after this, if you're, a, if you're a patron, please head over to the Patreon page um, and you will be able to uh, put your questions to Gareth. And what will happen is when the interview is, uh, is published on my YouTube channel, Patrons, you will get an extra bit and it will be the bit that Gareth 
where Gareth answers your questions. So not only do you get to answer, uh, sorry, to ask your own questions of Gareth, and it can be about that history or any of the other history that he's written about, um, or a general history question indeed, then um, then you get to see that bit of, uh, of the interview and all his answers. If you want to join the patron, it's a, it's a bit of a great, I think it's a great perk um, of being a patron is to get to ask your own questions of these historians. Um, indeed, people did of Tracy Borman uh, when I interviewed her recently as well. Um, Debbie, yes, of course. So um, I will say it and then I will uh, share it later. Debbie's asking for the link. It's patreon.com forward slash British history. And you can join for five pounds a month um, and yeah, members of any tier level get to will get to ask Gareth those questions, uh, whatever questions um, you like, uh, history based, of course. Um, and I will be putting those to him. So if you could submit submit your homework, please, uh, by the end of Monday, that would be fabulous. And I will put those to him. So I'll give him a week to mull them over before I'm interviewing him. Uh, I've missed a few comments, so let me just get to those. Michael, there is a tunnel that runs from Hampton Court to the end of Bridge Road in East Moseley. And let's believe, uh, oh, I'm led, is it led to believe one that runs from Hampton Court to Kingston. Are they the ones that were alluded to in Peaky Blinders? They were talking about, well, they built tunnels, didn't they, in Peaky Blinders to try and get into the... Um, into the into where the jewels were kept um yeah oh that's interesting i didn't know that donna says has anyone read the anchoress by robin cadwallader really enjoyed it what are anyone's thoughts on the book anyone read the anchoress by robin cadwallader donna that's really interesting you've brought that up because anchoresses are something that i want to <laughs> i haven't got enough time to live to be fair to get into everything i want to learn about um because uh, yeah um sorry i've just read another comment um uh and chris there's a there's a brilliant non-fiction book by um dr yanina ramirez about julian of norwich who was an anchoress um so she talks more generally about anchoresses um and it's fascinating so anchoresses and anchorites indeed, but anchoresses, um, I think, were more community-based, i.e. they would um, they would be linked to a, a local abbey or church and they would attend their own funeral and then they would be blocked in to a cell. Um, now, since knowing this, I now look for the evidence of these cells at every church and um, cathedral or abbey that I go to, and indeed at Peterborough Abbey, where Catherine of Aragon is buried, um, I believe there's there's a there's uh, the site of an old anchoress's um, cell. Um, so that's really interesting that there's a book. So is that a um, is that a fiction book, Donna, the anchoress? Uh, John says he's ordered Gareth's Young and Damned and Fair. Thanks for your recommendation. You're very welcome. And he, and also got his Titanic book. Anyone interested in uh, high vision for the disabled Uganda? Welcome. Love to see you here. Um, does anyone, uh, if anyone's interested in the Titanic, then Gareth's book uh, about the Titanic is fantastic. You can visit 
uh, my page on Amazon where I've put links to all of these books. I do get a small commission, but they're no more expensive to you. So it's a great way of supporting me. Um, and um, my shop is amazon.co.uk forward slash shop forward slash uh, British history. Colleen's got both of Gareth's books and they are awesome. They are indeed Gareth as well. For any of you coming on tour with me uh, in May or July, Gareth is my co-host. So if you're coming on tour with me and you have any of his books and you want to get him to sign them, bring them along. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? So yeah, so you can have a look for the links for all these, uh, um, the books that I recommend on amazon.co.uk forward slash shop forward slash British history. Um, I've been talking about Catherine of Aragon quite a lot and, and Berlin. I get a um, well, I'll recommend this. I think I've already told you about it. But anyway, I'll tell you again because it's it is almost a Bible about the six wives of Henry and Henry, of course, during um, his conduct during his marriages. And it's David Starkey's book. It's rather large. It's really good on Audible. It's um, because it is read by Patricia Hodge, who has the most amazing voice. Um, Colleen, yeah, Damned and Young and Fair is the Bible on Catherine Howard. I totally agree. Absolutely. So it's also, right, and you'll all know this because I've said it a million times. I keep doing this. I listen to a book on Audible and then I buy it. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, because I suppose then you can refer to it forevermore as well. Now, before I get on to talking about our last story of the day, which is Catherine of Aragon and uh, Anne Boleyn, uh, and what awful things, uh, well, it's Catherine's funeral and then Anne, Anne miscarried on exactly the same day. Before I do that, why don't we do last week's just for fun question? hide that a second so last week's just for fun question so each week for anyone who doesn't already know i'll set you a just for fun question and it's based on one of my videos so you can and i'll tell you which one so <laughs> there's clues so you can go and watch the video and find the answer um emery 676 i bought the king's painter about hans holbein oh yes see there's another book i want to read oh I could do with a chip, just sort of, oh, anyway, don't give Elon any ideas. <laughs> I was about to say, give me a chip where you can put all the information into my head, but we, we got onto that. I think we might have talked about that on, uh, on, uh, <laughs> on, uh, on um, History After Dark last night. Yeah, sorry, so the question, it was based on my video, Simon de Montfort and the First English Parliament. And it was... <laughs> And I love, I'll tell you what Lisa's just said in a moment. It was, what did Queen Eleanor send to Maud de Montfort to thank her for her support? And Lisa is correct, it wasn't a fruit basket. <laughs> Michael says it was the crown jewels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So, Queen Eleanor, to thank Maud de Montfort for her loyalty and bravery during Simon de Montfort's, uh, well, watch the video and I'll, I explain to you what he got up to. She sent Maud Simon's head and testicles. 
I know. I know. As a thank you gift. As I say in the video, I could think of better gifts. But, yeah. John, Elon Musk will take care of you. Yeah. Okie doke. Uh, and my journalist, it was indeed a lively discussion, to put it mildly, last night. Yes. I know, Bobby Ann. Yeah, Colleen's got a shock face. I know. Yeah, I mean, it sends a message, doesn't it? It definitely sends a message. So, yeah, that was last week's question and answer. So why don't I set you on <laughs> for this week? So this week's is uh, is based on the interview that if you haven't watched it already, it's actually the audio. Um, we didn't do it to camera, but I interviewed, actually, I've just let her talk, Leslie Smith from Tutbreak. Leslie... Um, uh, does uh, she portrays women from history she's got 12 characters that she portrays and um, they're they're incredible and what I wanted to ask her about was one I didn't know how many she did until last but how she prepares how she um, performs really what does it feel like when she's performing she does monologues which can be about 30 to 40 minutes long so does she learn a script? How does she do it? And she, she talks to us about how she does all of, um, all of that. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing if you listen to how she researches, how she chooses who she's going to um, portray, how she learns about them, the sources she goes to. Um, she talks about her costumes. Um, they are done to you know the, the most incredible detail so my question based on the oh john says leslie smith's interview was absolutely amazing thank you john yes it's good pop it on in the car pop it on in your headphones when you're doing the cleaning just listen to leslie's lovely voice and talking about how she does portray some of the most incredible women from history including catherine of aragon Anne Boleyn, Boudicca she covers, um, she does, she does, um, Catherine Swinford, um, and others that I can't think, oh, Nell Gwynne, she does Margaret Thatcher, um, she does lots, they're brilliant. Now, my question to you then, ready for next week, is, um, <laughs> sorry, I just got distracted slightly, is how heavy is the gown that Leslie wears when she appears as Catherine of Aragon. So the, the answer is in that interview. It's called um, uh, Portraying Women in History. I'll pop a link to it in my story on Instagram after this. On YouTube, you can probably just go and look at the list. It's not that far uh, down. Um, it was the interview before Tracy Borman's interview. Um, so how heavy is the gown Leslie Smith wears when she appears as Catherine of Aragon. It's quite incredible. Um, so, Jenna says, oh, lovely. And they thought Catherine of Aragon was bad for wanting to send, send James IV's head to Henry. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, dear. Hilarious, right? Um, Perseverance 1501. I always enjoy these chats thank you you're so welcome thank you for persevering what a perfect uh handle type uh, name let's have a look at what people are saying on 
my uh, Michael does a good Boris Johnson. I think everyone. Uh, well, just yeah. Let's not get into that. <laughs> get into that. Ah. Oh, soon we'll be able to probably talk about that as history. So, our last story for today. Let me just take a sip of my tea. Mm. Is linked to the twenty ninth of January, fifteen thirty six. This is the date on which Catherine of Aragon was buried at Peterborough. It was Abbey at the time. It's Cathedral now. Um, and as I say, top tier patrons um, can get a documentary on Saturday remembering Catherine of Aragon, which I which I've recorded. Because um, her life is incredible. I did mention this earlier, I know, but the ups and downs, um, just quite amazing. Um, and one of the highs indeed was um in 1511 when she she was regent henry was over in france and um and, and james the fourth of scotland decided to invade england while henry was uh, away didn't work out well for him spoiler alert um and yeah catherine was she wasn't just um a figurehead or um, just someone in whose name they were acting. She was actively involved in the strategy. Um, there's evidence that she had armour created um, for her and so that she probably did ride um, with the army, um, very much like her mother would have done. I mean, I don't think this would have been something odd to Catherine. Catherine had been on crusade with her mother, Isabella of Castile. So... Um, so yeah, so where did I go with that? So yeah, so, that, so anyway, this documentary um, will be coming out to, to top tier patrons. But on the um, on the same oh no, let me talk about her. Sorry, let me talk about her funeral. Just a, a, another point about it, just quickly. She was buried as the Dowager Princess of Wales, of course, because Henry, to the last, maintained, of course that their marriage had never been a lawful union. Catherine, in her last letter to Henry, which was written the previous December, still referred to herself in her letter to Henry, so defiant, she referred to herself as Queen of England. Um, so, yeah, incredible woman. Tara says, Catherine was amazing. Poor Mary, though, yeah. I mean, there's another discussion as well um, for another day. I think we've done it on Clubhouse, but it's always worth coming back to the impact um, of Catherine's banishment from court, from the demotion of um, of, a, of Mary herself and, and her mother. Um, and uh, yeah, what 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 um, impact did that have on Mary? Yeah, it's, 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 she was about. Was she about seventeen? I think when, uh, when her mother was, um, when the, when the divorce finally came through. Well, it wasn't a divorce properly coming through at all. It was Archbishop Cranmer saying that it had, or giving it. <laughs> Just stick yourself in charge and make your own rules up. Oh, heard that somewhere recently as well. So, anyway, so that was yeah. So so Catherine's buried as um, so with a, with a state funeral but as Dowager Princess of Wales, um, you can still visit her tomb. The, um, the, uh, 
headstone, it's not a headstone, the stone um, on her tomb was in fact paid for. Now, this is totally off the top of my head, so I'm not going to remember any dates. The one of the newspapers that still still goes, I think it might have been the Daily Mail, um, ran a uh, campaign to pay for a, a stone on on Catherine's tomb, and it was there was they took donations from this is how the story goes anyway uh, from Catherine's so women called Catherine from over the country. So the story goes that that stone has been paid for by the Catherines of the UK. Um, I think it was about, I can't tell you the date, a while ago, 60s, maybe earlier. Um, but yeah, so you can still visit Catherine of Aragon's tomb. And I don't know, I'm hoping this year, I'm presuming they have gone ahead, but each year around this time, so the, the weekend, in fact, falls on a Saturday but the weekend closest to the 29th of January um, and obviously that that does fall on a Saturday this year they do a Catherine of Aragon festival at Peterborough at the cathedral um, and that is um, fantastic if you if you if you if you ever you know <laughs> are thinking of going to that area and you're interested in Catherine then 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 I'd recommend you try and coordinate your visit so it's at the end of January so that you can take advantage um so yes yeah, so she she has her funeral now on the same day um as Catherine is buried Anne Boleyn miscarries remember it with 1536 what else happens in 1536 of course Anne is beheaded in May so what's that February March April not even four months later Anne is dead as well. Um, now Anne's position, while Catherine was still alive, although she celebrated when Catherine died, or supposedly celebrated when Catherine died, it her position was actually safer while Catherine was alive, because for Henry to have banished his his who many considered his wife from court in order to marry someone else was one thing to get rid of that uh, second person whilst the first person was still around would have caused all sorts of problems not only would he, would he have looked like well, the person he probably was but if if he gets rid of Anne should he be having Catherine back does it mean that the marriage is uh, was actually okay all along etc 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 so with Catherine gone Anne's position was actually far more tenuous than it had been when Catherine was alive. Um, and we start to see Anne's life unravelling quite quickly after this, although most of the events do take place um, at the very end of uh, April and, and, and obviously the start of, into the middle of May. I chart the downfall of Anne Boleyn in a series of videos on YouTube if you're interested. Um, I think it's called, they're called Charting the Downfall of Anne Boleyn, so they're not too difficult to find if you go onto my channel and have a look. Um, what have we got here? We've got had a few comments. So, um, Lisa, didn't the Pope make invading a Catholic country illegal when the monarch was elsewhere? Oh, so James invading England when Henry was away. I hadn't heard that. 
but that would that would to be honest that sounds like a kind of thing that they they kind of rule that you think he, that popes think they could put in place and then kings say yeah yeah and then when it suits them and then um ignored it when it didn't um michael i like catherine the most she was so pugnacious fantastic word tara would love a discussion about mary cool i will put it in my memory might be a good one for history after dark actually as well um john catherine was far more royal than the upstart henry tudor she was uh, did you know that that um both catherine and her, both her husbands uh trace their or can trace their uh, family trees back to john of gaunt um Donna, Anna, Anne Boleyn gets a really bad rap. I really don't like, I really, sorry, don't believe all the stories about her infidelity to the king and poor Elizabeth left without a mother. Truly heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, this is why I wanted to do this interview with Gareth, because there's lots about the downfall of Catherine Howard, which when you then contrast it with what happened with Anne Boleyn, gives even more, I think, evidence that uh, where Anne Boleyn was concerned, there was a wish to get rid of her, by whom, for whatever reason, and then the charges were found, the, the, the allegations were found, you know. Whereas with Catherine Howard, it's very different. So this is what I'm going to be talking to Gareth Russell about, these, these, these similarities and differences between the downfall of Catherine Howard and the downfall of Anne Boleyn, and, and we're going to tease out that kind of, uh, uh, that kind of stuff. Um... Marion, do you think Anne knew that regarding Catherine being alive? Yeah, apparently. So, again, I will recommend it again. David Starkey's book on the six wives. He talks about it in here. Um, I think she comments on it. I think she works it out pretty soon after Catherine's actually dead. She's, she, there's something that dawns on her that it's not... Um, that now there's nothing in between him getting rid of her as well. It could have just been paranoia at that point, of course, um, or incredible intuition. Uh, oh, John, John's answered Lisa's questions only during the Crusades. I see. So the Pope said if someone's out on, cru well, yeah. So if someone's out crusading for the Pope, for the Christian faith, please don't invade just because the King's not in the, not in the country or Queen in Isabella's case. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't go near Isabella. <laughs> Isabella of Castile's, uh, 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 land um, so imagine this we're back to Maud I think here I need to ask why I need to ask way back when when they sent dead body parts as gifts were they not well reeking <laughs> yeah and in an advanced state of decomposition by the time they got yeah by the time they got to their um, intended recipient yeah because they're not exactly going to like pack them in ice like if you ever order fish off uh, offline, <laughs> anyone do that? But they pack it, pack it in ice and 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 polystyrene. Uh, yeah, and it comes fresh. Yeah, not only would it stink. Mad journalists are making a really good point here. Isn't that dangerous? Bit bit gross sending rotting flesh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> SF King cooler. Balls alone aren't proof of death. The head too was conclusive. Yeah. Maybe they preserve them with salt. Oh, so they're all dehydrated by the time they got there as well. Still revolting. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, 
uh, Joanne, I watched a YouTube uh, with David Starkey discussion of Catherine Howard. Oh, yes, he's done. So David Starkey has his own YouTube channel now called David Starkey Talks. Um, so um, Joanne's just said here, one of his recent discussions, um, well, it was a lecture that he was giving in a church somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Uh, talking about Catherine Howard and he's posted that. So many of his talks are like I'm talking to you now, but many as well are him doing um uh yeah talks at other places and then he and then he posts them so they're really worth looking at lisa possibly <laughs> the head is possibly put in vinegar or alcohol oh yeah yeah to preserve it imagine <laughs> though oh what's this a big box <laughs> oh great I don't know, maybe she gave us something else as well. Maybe some lands and jewels as well. I didn't come across that in the story, but I think that would be a bit mean just to send, just to send uh, Simon's top and tail. <clears throat> as it were. Right. So <laughs> anyway, so those are the stories. So what do I need to remind you of? Tracy Borman's uh, The Competition to Win Her Book, the signed copy of The Private Lives of the Tudors, which is, up on my shelf as it always is at this point where I think what I could probably have done with was get it down off the shelf to show you but it's a signed copy of the private lives of the Tudors <laughs> uh, which you can still win if you uh, watch Tracy's interview uh, with me on my YouTube channel uh, the full interview there's a there's a shorter 10 minute interview but if you look at the full interview like that video, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and answer the question underneath. All the details that you need are uh, are on the video and underneath in the uh, in the um, description as well. So that's still open. That competition doesn't uh, doesn't close until the 28th of February. So you've still got a chance to do that if you want to. Khalid's <laughs> getting into the... yes the process of tanning. Yeah. Yeah, I, we won't go into that. <laughs> Joanne, it was a great interview with Tracy. Thank you very much, Joanne. Thank you. Yes, it's well worth um, well worth watching because I was asking her, obviously she's got her new book, Crown and Scepter, out, but I was asking her um, specifically about uh, about female power. But, you know, from the point of view of, well, we did have queens regnant and even when we didn't, women did wield power. It was in a different way. Um, to the men but they did and they had influence so I wanted to 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 talk about that <laughs> Colleen my bad <laughs> can you imagine living near a tannery I wonder if they just did you know when your nose gets nose blindness when you can you just get used to a smell <laughs> um Oh, Lisa, it would have given the brandy a bit of body. <laughs> it should have pickled him on the way. Um, oh, Michael's off. It's been a pleasure. Have a great afternoon, Michael. Uh, yeah, I am wrapping up. Don't worry, everyone. I will let you get back to your day <laughs> at some point. Oh, I'm on a roll today. But we are episode 52. Did anyone, I don't know if anyone's been here the whole time. But episode 52. So we've done a year. So next week is the proper first birthday of the Thursday History Tea Time live chat. So I'd love you to join me. I probably won't do anything particularly different. Might wear a hat. 
like have something sparkly instead of my tea. I'm not sure. Um, Tara, talking about the tanning. Yeah, I guess the world was smelly anyway. I think there were more smells. Yes, I think there were more smells. Um, but I'd be interested actually to speak to someone and I might know someone actually um, to talk about what the actual, um, what it really was like uh, in the streets at that time. Um, Lisa, thumbs up. Oh yes, anyone watching on YouTube, please do give me a thumbs up. Um, that would be fabulous as well. So yeah, reminders. If you haven't already entered the Tracy Borman competition, you may as well. I'm paying the postage, so I'll send it to you wherever you are. Um, <laughs> oh, Marion's enjoying me staying on this long. <laughs> you you all go about your business and I'll just keep waffling in your ear. Uh, Jenna says, it had to be gross. A paper mill smells absolutely terrible. So I can only imagine, yeah, what a tannery would smell like. Yeah. Mm. So for anyone who doesn't know how they used to treat hides in order to make leather, it was with excrement. Oh, Rennie agrees. She's having fun too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I need, secret is I need to, I need to, I need to finish this documentary for my patrons about Catherine of Aragon. It's, it's there, but it's, it's got to, I've got to finish it. Um, uh, Doug, on uh, the Viking Museum at York has Yes, it does. It has that authentic smell pumped in, which actually puts, I know some people who gets put off, they get off, put off going in. Um, bye, Christine. Thank you for, thank you for, uh, for joining me today. Um, and that journalist is not too long for her either. Excellent. Cool. Uh, if you would like to put your question to Gareth Russell, any history question to Gareth, and you're a patron, head over to Patreon now. I've, I've done a post on there, so you can just put your comment in the comments underneath. You can put what you'd like to ask, um, what you'd like to ask Gareth. If you're not a Patreon, come and join me. We do even more. So you get blogs in there, which I don't do anywhere else now. You get more, uh, you, well, you get virtual tours, you get behind the scenes photos, you get to ask historians questions, um, what else do we do? We do quite a lot of other stuff. Um, so you can find that on patreon.com forward slash British history. That's me. I'm there doing my stuff. So you can do that. Um, you can also, if you just want to keep me in caffeine, buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Philippa. I think I must have got in nice and early there, don't you, to get that. I know Philip is not the most um, uh, common name, but it's uh, but just to get Philip, I haven't, even, I haven't even had to put another initial on there or some odd number. So um, Rennie's running. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Mad journalist. I'm intelligent and witty. So it's excellent fun. Oh, you can come again. It's <laughs> definitely. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to blush. Can you see me blushing? I, I think I am genuinely blushing. Uh, John's had a good time. Thank you. Thank you, Tara. I'll see you soon as well. Um, see, I'm going to get, do you know, every week I go and I go, oh, I didn't say that. What was it? So I'm just going to double check that I haven't missed something. Um, I'll just remind you again as well, if the, if you're interested in any of the books that I've mentioned, then I've got that at the Amazon store. So all of the links are there. I do get a slight commission 
that the books are no more expensive to you. So it's a great way of helping me out and supporting me as well. And that's Amazon uh, in the way I say it. Amazon. Amazon, Amazon, you know, you all know how to spell it, uh, .co.uk forward slash shop forward slash British history. Bye, Joanne. Have a great day. And remember to catch up on the um, Leslie's interview, the interview with Leslie Smith about portraying women in history so that you can tell me next week how heavy the gown is that she wears when she is portraying Catherine of Aragon. That would be, you'll be, I think you'll be astounded. Let me put it that way. Um, Jada says I have a relaxing voice thank you thank you very much maybe I should do some meditation tapes although I think I'm too excitable um, Jenna we always enjoy the lives with you and the rest of the girls have a good rest of my day thank you and you too thank you Janice for the uh, for enjoying uh, joining me for tea and chat again that's fabulous. So yeah, so thank you everyone for, for joining me today. Thank you especially to anyone who supports me on Patreon or buy me a coffee. Thank you so much. It really um, it really helps keep me in coffee. <laughs> so, uh, but for now everyone, I will see, uh, when am I next live? Monday, I think, on uh, Clubhouse will be the next time that I am live at five o'clock. Uh, after that, it's History After Dark again on Wednesday at quarter past eight in the evening. Um, and then I'll be back here for the birthday episode of um, Thursday Tea Time History Chat Live. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Katie. Thank you, Colleen. Have a great day, everybody, wherever you are. Um, and a lovely week if I don't see you before then. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone.